Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. I have on my heart a couple of things uh, as I was praying about today and as, uh, visiting the scriptures that we visit usually only one time a year. And I, I was like just before the Lord and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you, what do you want to highlight to, to this part of the family of God? What do you want to highlight? And he just kind of reminded me I've been observing some things over the past three weeks and just seeing how uh, many of us have um, not past being real, but more like into rants or maybe into murmurings. And I've just been thinking about this time and about what was laid upon Jesus that he took for us. And the, the word that came to my mind was curse. And so that led me into a little bit of a study here and there. But before I, I get into that, um, I had also on my heart, um, this is the second thing, to uh, pray for Pastor Steve and Carla, who are in Washington right now. I don't, they're with family, so I'm not sure what is going on. But Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus that um, whatever it might be dead in, in, that, in their lives, Lord, I just pray that the things you want resurrected would be resurrected in their life. Lord, I pray if there needs to be any reconciliation, Lord, you said we are ambassadors of reconciliation. So, Lord, I pray that even on this wonderful Resurrection Sunday, Lord, that um, that they will see a breakthrough for their families and all the families here uh, present and within the sound of my voice, that there would be true reconciliation in Jesus' name. And also during worship, um, you know, I think the reason why Jerry broke a string was because he was wearing Levi's instead of his usual shorts. But, you know, it's Easter. So, so of course, uh, the strings are going to break and everything because he's usually barefoot and in shorts, but um, which is totally fine. But anyway, during worship, I just felt like that the Lord was that he, that he was just uh, smiling and that that, that we are truly worshipers being present today, that all of us here, whether your first time or regulars, all of us, that I just felt like that he was, he was enjoying our worship to him, that true worshipers are here today. So I just wanted to encourage you uh, with that. And today, you know, I like to go verse by verse, and so usually it's, it's very long, but today is going to be short on words, but it's going to be long on my heart prayers that I have. And, um, oh, and Lord, I want to also pray for uh, Mark, uh, his continuing healing, Lord, his continuing strengthening, Lord. And Lord, according to your word, I pray that this, uh, this affliction would not happen ever, not a second time, according to Nahum, Lord, in Jesus' name. This was also the scripture when I was uh, reflecting on the curse that came to my mind that's actually on the PowerPoint here, so I want to read it. This is the one that came to me while I was just kind of meditating on curse, and it's Galatians 3.13, but Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. This is New Living Translation. When he was hung in the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. 
14. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Amen? So, the curse, as we know, goes back to, to um, the Garden of Eden and what was perfect and what was to serve and to satisfy us as humans. Everything was provided, and there, and there was nothing that was not provided. But yet, this was where the curse came in and the fall came in. And we have a next Genesis 3, 17 through 19, and I'd like to read it. And to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to catch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have to eat. Until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. So I find it very interesting that when the Lord was speaking to Adam that, you know, he was the first, he, he was the firstborn of his cre of, of creation. I'm just saying of creation, not the actual firstborn of the living, which is Jesus. But, but he was, he was the one that the Lord made according to our scriptures. Um, and he could have said all sorts of things. I mean, in modern words today, we might use the words like uh, pandemics, uh, torture chambers, human trafficking, genocides. Uh, we could do all those kind of things, but the Lord decided with Adam just to focus on three things, and it was the thorns, the thistles, and the sweat. And some people think that maybe this was the Lord's way, the, the father part of the Lord that was coming out here and was um, being gracious because Adam was now just fully human and his heart, I'm sure at this point, was a bit on the frail side. It wasn't as strong as it was before the fall, you know. And so he just said these these three things and maybe he couldn't have handled any more heaviness. We don't know. I'm, I'm just supposing here. And uh, God pronounced the curse, and he used that in imagery, but it was also literal of the thorns and the thistles. So then we go and we uh, go to the account of Jesus and Luke 22, 44, but I'm going to start with verse 42. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Then it also goes into... Uh, Matthew writing that they twisted a crown of thorns, put it on his head, placed a staff in his right hand, and they knelt down and they, they mocked him. Robin, I hope I put everything in order because it looks like mine is not in order. But Matthew 27 uh, to 29. 
<clears throat> Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a I'm sorry, put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown, put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, "Hail, King of the Jews!" Wow, wow. So he was forced to wear this crown of thorns. And I don't know, maybe, it, you know, sometimes when you have these aha moments, when you're looking at scriptures that you've looked at probably a million times over and over and over, and maybe I'm the only one that this was the aha moment for, but I never, never before I was considering this day and the curse, I never thought about, the thorns, I just thought it was a cruel thing, and him being the king of kings and they were mocking him. I, I never thought that he was actually even wearing the crown as a curse, you know, like to represent, I'm also wearing this so that you don't have to, you, that you don't have to walk in being cursed, you know. And so he was wearing that um, that uh, part, that symbol of the curse on him. And he, of course, we know, became the sacrificial lamb. Where in the olden days, the sacrificial lamb only took care of your sins for one year, and it did not eliminate your sins, it only covered them for a year. So Jesus came as the sacrificial lamb, and then now they're not just covered for a year, they are gone. He has accepted the payment for that. And so they were mocking him, and who knows how it was. I mean... Um, how bad that it was. Some people have said that I was uh, studying different things people have said, and some of them said that it was like they were not only mocking him, but they were saying about him that he was the king of garbage, uh, carrying authority of a compost pile, you know, in, in like our modern, modern words, you know, and I just think, oh, Jesus, what you did for us, what you did for us, uh, I'm just taking in the weight of this and just saying, Lord, you know, even before you're hanging on the cross, even before you're absorbing the wrath of God, that here's the curse. It's literally on his head and, and you know, sweat as drops of blood are just dripping already from him and everything. And meanwhile, everybody else thinks it's something funny and something to be laughed at, something to be, uh, you know, made light of. And so it also took me in my mind about um, something in the gospel that reminded me, this is not on the overhead, but it comes from Romans 3, 21 through 26. So I'd like to read that. Uh, again, it's not on the overhead. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. 
This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Thankfully now, we live on the other side of the cross where, where the believers in the Old Testament, they were looking towards Messiah. We're on this side of the cross where we look back at the cross and we, we recognize that we're in a place of victory and we are no longer under that curse because Jesus became the curse for us. And it says in, um, in um, the word that Jesus is crowned with glory and honor because of suffering. Now, if we can go to Hebrews 2.9, <clears throat> what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels, and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. He canceled the record of the charges that were against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So the next time that we might struggle from uh, within, whether something that we didn't expect something that came from left field uh, comes into the lives of ourselves or our families, our communities, um, even our country, and we see these, these terrible things that we can just know that the suffering that is here and now, Jesus paid for that, and Jesus provided for us that we would be redeemed. He provided for us that we would have a promise. He also even provided that as we take that stand in the in, in the prayer realm, that we are actually seated with him in heavenly places and that we have this ele elevated place. And not only did Jesus wear that curse, so we don't have to wear the curse, but the scriptures say that we now wear his righteousness, that we are the righteousness of God hidden inside of Christ. Amen? Amen. I love this uh, picture. I, I just love it. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I just love that. I wanted that to be like the last thing that uh, we saw today. And I'd like to pray a prayer, um, a blessing over all of us today. And I'm taking it mostly from Ephesians 1. <clears throat> Father God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give us spiritual wisdom and insight so we might grow in your knowledge. I pray that our hearts would be flooded with light so that we can understand the confident hope that you have given to those you've called. We are your holy people. We are rich and, and we have that glorious inheritance. And I also pray, Father God, that you will un, that we will understand the incredible greatness of your power for us who believe. And that this same mighty power that raised Jesus from the dead.
bed and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Thank you, Lord, that he is far above any ruler. He's far above any authority, far above any power. He's far above any leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Thank you, Father God, that you have put all things under the authority of Jesus and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And thank you, Lord, that we, your church, are part of your body, that we are made full and we're made complete in Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Do you agree with this? Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.